Hi there, and welcome back to Out There, a cryptid podcast. I'm your host, Josh. On the 13th of each month, I come out with a new episode focused on a cryptid that I find super fascinating and weird. And if you still don't know what a cryptid is, it is defined as an animal that has been claimed to exist, but never proven to exist. Cryptids don't have to be supernatural or mythical beings, although many of them are. Some cryptids have actually become documented animals. Make sure you go and follow the podcast on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, and check out the posts they make for each episode and maybe send some suggestions you'd like to hear. Happy 2023! I think the best way to start the year is with a bunch of different cryptid stories. So, sit back and enjoy our first episode of the new year. Today's episode is an interesting one. It has stories from people who have seen almost every kind of cryptid. We've got Bigfoot, aliens, shadow people, and many more. We are talking about some of the creepiest Reddit stories on the internet. There is no Weird Club segment today, just me. Let's dive in. Our first story was posted five years ago by the user pm underscore me underscore your underscore ghost underscore pick. Witnessed an alien abduction back in 2001. This takes place when I was a 13. A friend of mine wanted me to help her grandparents set up their computer. I said, sure and I ride my bicycle to their house. I get there, and clouds appear, so I decide to make this pretty quick. I set up the computer and install AOL for them, showing them all how it works and such. They go back and sit on the couch while I get my backpack to get ready to leave, as their other granddaughter, who is about four or six years old, I can't remember which, was sleeping in the other room. All of a sudden, a cold breeze went through the room. It was odd, as all the doors and windows were shut, The grandparents looked toward the kitchen and what I saw made me freeze in place. There were three creatures standing in the kitchen. Two of them were short gray creatures with a thicker neck than described, with eyes closer to the sides of their heads. They wore silver jumpsuits. In between them was a taller creature looking like a humanoid mantis wearing a black robe with a yellow stripe going down the middle. They walked to another room and a minute later returned with the robed creature carrying the granddaughter in its arms. It's looking at me, and I get the feeling it knows who I am. I don't know why I got the feeling, but I I did. I was very scared. More of the situation than of them, and the grandparents were looking at them too, but not doing anything. I decided to say, screw this, and fought off all the fear I could, and clumsily charged towards them. I didn't even make it three steps before the grandfather stopped me and told me they will bring her back. The creatures didn't move and continued to look at me. I couldn't get any more words out of my throat because I didn't even know what to think at this point. All of a sudden, the light stretched around them, and they vanished. An odd glow remained for a few seconds before fading. After a minute of an awkward silence, and the grandfather repeating she will be brought back soon, I decided to leave. I rode my bicycle back home fast as I could while looking back to see if some ship was hiding in the clouds. Nothing was there, and I didn't sleep that night I got home. The next day I did tell my friend what happened, and she did tell me it has happened before. The grandparents and other family members have tried to stop it, but to no avail. 
They just accepted it with a look of defeat and moved on. Granddaughter was brought back after a few hours. A while after this, their whole family moved elsewhere. I've heard from other people who claimed to experience similar events, and I feel they are legit. Okay, really starting out with a bang here. I mean, this is some real Betty and Barney Hill stuff. Not only do we have the little gray aliens that we heard about from a couple different cases we've covered, but we also have the metallic suits, which were mentioned in the Skinwalker Ranch episode. I think the most interesting part is that this is the first report of this in the town. I mean, we don't know exactly where this happened, so I can't do any research into the story. So we'll just have to take it for word value and hope that everyone stays safe and maybe on Earth. Our next story is from Across the Pond, posted by Creative Poli five years ago. When I was a child, around the age of six, perhaps younger, I used to visit my uncle's house on occasions with my mom and Nan. Each time I was there, I'd go to my uncle's bedroom to look at the mummy that laid on his bed. That's what I thought I was seeing. An adult woman that seemed to look like they were wrapped up in bandages or some material. My uncle was the kind that would tease you or wind you up, so I never believed it was real. Just something he'd rigged to scare me. Each time I went to his house, I would drag my mom or my nan into the room to show them, and frustratingly, each and every time they would claim not to be able to see a very obvious mummy laid out on the bed. It got to the point one day, after dragging my mom and nan up to my uncle's room and them not believing me, that after they left, I stayed to watch the mummy lay in the bed. I stayed in the doorway, the furthest I would ever go with the side of the bed facing me and glared as angrily as a little curl could at the woman in the bed. Then it sat up and turned to face me. I froze. It was when the thing started to get off the bed towards me that I discovered my legs again and ran. Years later, my nan took me and my friend to my uncle's house to dog sit while he was away. It just so happened that his bedroom was where we would be having our sleepover. The room had been changed, and there was no mummy this time around, but retelling the story was enough to freak us both out for the night, though it did not stop us from sleeping. My mom and Nan can't recall me asking about the bandaged woman in the bed, and other weird things I'd seen and experienced as a child, but no one else had experienced the mummy in that house. Now, this one is creepy on a couple different levels. I mean, we've got so many possibilities of what is going on here. We haven't talked about mummies yet, but this could be some person stuck between the afterlife and the real life. And on the same thought, perhaps this is just a spirit who died in these conditions. That would explain why only our narrator could see it. Either way, it is a hard pass for me, and I think that would be an absolutely terrifying sight to have seen. This story was posted by Scoobable five years ago, but was from earlier. 
This happened when I was seven. I grew up on the military base. We lived in the PMQs, not entirely sure on the age of the houses, but our basement did have a bomb shelter in it. So I had just broken my leg and my dad moved my bed to the living room and set up my computer so I could play Buzz Aldrin's Race to Space whenever I wanted to. I was also given a frying pan and a pot if I ever needed anything in the middle of the night. So it's God knows what time, and I'm awoken by a sound. I look around and I don't really see anything, until I notice a hand peer out the entranceway to the living room. I immediately look at the TV to see if I can see a reflection. I do. It looks like a man. My father's build and height, but the uniform is wrong. My father a few times was called and deployed on moment's notice. I could just tell this was a World War II uniform. So I freaked out. I grabbed the frying pan and pot and began slamming them together as hard as I could. The figure in the TV just walks away into the dining room and then turned to the kitchen from what I could tell. Just as he turns, my father is already in the living room asking what's wrong. I replied, someone's in the house. He immediately goes for his baseball bat and starts searching the house, checking the locks and windows, then gets on the phone and calls the MPs. And before I know it, he and the neighbors and the MPs are outside securing the whole damn neighborhood. They never found anyone, and I've never had a similar experience since then. This story is a good example of what is most likely a residual haunting. Now, I think we have discussed this before, but to remind you, there are many different classifications of hauntings. Residual is when a spirit is doing normal tasks that they did in their lives while they were still alive. Most of the time, they don't interact or cause any harm. And that sounds like what we have here, a residual spirit of a soldier from World War II visiting either his old home or maybe an old friend. And yes, it can be frightening to see these spirits, but for the most part, they don't cause any harm. Now, we have a story of a possible Bigfoot. It's a quick one, but nonetheless frightening. It was posted by Atlas Moths. Not my story, but my mom's. When she and my aunt were young, they were playing with some neighborhood kids in the woods across the street from their house. She claims that they heard a noise from above them, looked up, and saw something crouching in the branches of the trees. She said it was humanoid, about seven to eight feet tall and completely covered in fur. As soon as it noticed them, it leaped down from the tree and sprinted further into the woods. Of course, they were all terrified and ran back to the house. They never saw the thing again. But both my mom and my aunt are adamant that it happened. This does sound like a classic Curious Bigfoot. This is a fairly common sighting of these creatures. For the most part, it seems like they do not want to be found and do not want to interact with us. And so maybe that is why we haven't been able to prove their existence. But I think it's safe to say they really are out there. This next one is a long one, so buckle up. It was posted by Destry7.
October of 2016, I experienced what I believe to be an extraterrestrial inside my house, followed soon after by three extraterrestrials in my house. It was a normal Friday evening at first. My dad, I was in college living with him at the time, had gone to sleep at about 10 p.m. and I stayed up till about 11.30. At 11.30, I turned off my TV and went to lay on my bed where I promptly pulled out my phone and began browsing Reddit. This lasted for about 45 minutes before I finally decided to go to sleep. I realized that my throat felt a little dry, so I got up to get some water from the fridge. My room used to be a second living room off the kitchen, so there's no door on the frame, only a thick curtain. As I approached the curtain, everything was normal. It was just a normal night. The only thing that seemed a little off was how quiet it was. There were no crickets, cicadas chirping outside, which there always were. I live in a secluded country ranch house, which was unusual. I could still hear my dad's white noisemaker in his bedroom, though. He uses it to help him sleep. It felt like a normal night. I pulled the curtain aside to step into the kitchen and experienced the single most terrifying thing in my entire life. Behind the curtain was what I believe to be an extraterrestrial alien. It was facing the hallway to my dad's room, and it was in a crouched position. We had a nightlight plugged in right above the kitchen countertop, so I assume it was trying to avoid the light. Its skin color was a sort of dark gray, gunmetal color. As I pulled the curtain all the way back, the alien turned his head sharply to look at me. I gasped. I was immediately overcome by an immense sense of dread and terror. I was quite literally paralyzed by fear. I just stood there with my hand on the curtain, mouth agape. It stared at me for a couple of seconds, and then everything went black. I regained consciousness an hour later, and I was laying on top of my bed, the cover still made. My heart was pounding, and it felt like it was beating a million times a minute. I saw something on my left which was the darkest part of the room. I had a door leading to our carport. Standing over my bed were three dark gray figures. They were tall, their heads nearly touching the seven-foot ceilings in my room. I turned my head, stared at them, and began to experience the same sense of terror as before. It was the exact same sense of dread and paralysis. I was unable to move, unable to speak, unable to do anything except look. This time, they looked at me for much longer than a couple of seconds. It felt like it lasted a full minute or more. At the end of that minute, the being in the middle leaned in a little bit and moved its hand toward my foot. It tapped its fingers on my foot three times, slowly. Each time it tapped, a strange sensation pulsed through my body. It was just a weird energy that I can't really describe. After the third pulse subsided, the being stood straight again, and then everything went black. I regained consciousness yet again a minute or two later, still on top of my bed. Cover still made and immediately began to cry. I don't mean just a tear or two, I mean that I was quite literally just bawling my eyes out for the next few minutes. Eventually all that emotion subsided, and I grabbed my phone from my bedside table. It was 1.33 am. I didn't end up going to sleep at all that night. I just sort of sat there on my bed, trying to explain to myself what just happened. 
In the years since this has happened, I have yet to come up with an explanation that doesn't involve aliens, demons, ghosts, or some sort of paranormal phenomena. I thought of sleep paralysis at first, but I never went to sleep before I saw the first one. I was wide awake still when I went to get a drink of water. I wasn't dreaming because I hadn't yet gone to sleep. When the three came right after, I thought it could be sleep paralysis since I woke up on my bed and was unable to move or even scream when they looked at me. But how did I get in bed when the last thing I remember was looking at the first one in my kitchen? I know you hallucinate when experiencing sleep paralysis, but how did I see three distinct beings that essentially remained motionless? And what the F was that sensation whenever it tapped my foot? If it was sleep paralysis, I've never had it before and I've never had it since. If it was some sort of spontaneous mental breakdown, I've never had one before and haven't had one since. If it was just some bad nightmare, when did I go from browsing Reddit and getting a drink of water to asleep and having a nightmare? Every time I think about it, I get uneasy. Just thinking about the dread I felt that night it makes me feel squirmy and nervous. That night felt like death, but I don't know if whatever was in my house or whatever I imagined was malevolent. I don't know if they hurt me or did anything to me or my dad. I don't know if I was crazy, sleep deprived, or actually encountering aliens in my house. I've seen and felt some strange things before and after, including lost time, seeing what I believe to be UFOs, animals on the ranch we live on being mutilated. The lost time thing was a little freaky. I was texting my brother about Fallout 4 in the middle of the morning. I was in the middle of a response laying on the bed in my room when all of a sudden I was sitting on the couch in the first living room, opposite the kitchen to my bedroom. Seven whole hours had passed and I don't remember any of it. There were two texts from my brother about an hour apart, the first of which was him asking if I got his text. Then the second was just a couple of question marks. I was confused and didn't really know what to do. The UFO thing is self-explanatory. I've seen lights fly over my house in the night. There is an airport about an hour away, and I see planes on occasion. But these lights are always either too fast to be a plane, too slow to be a plane, and too quiet to be a low-flying helicopter. The animal mutilation thing is the saddest part for me. I have about 10 outside cats, or barn cats, that I feed regularly, and who keep away rattlesnakes and bugs and whatnot. Most of them are spayed slash neutered and vaccinated, but new ones show up still and get pregnant somehow. Every so often, one of them gets killed, be it by a mountain lion, stray dog, coyote, or other cats. It's gruesome, but it happens. But there have been a couple in the past few months that have made no sense, and all have been in the same way. A single cut down the middle of their bodies, running from their jaw all the way to their genitalia. The cut goes all the way through their sternum and everything. It's always perfectly straight and none of their internal organs or anything are damaged. It's like someone took a razor or something and slit them. We found them in our driveway and the private road leading to our driveway. There's never any blood and the cat is just dead on the ground already in rigor mortis. It makes no sense and it makes me sad because I've raised most of those cats from kittenhood.
I mean, wow. I don't really know what to say to that one. It's an intense story, and I'm sorry for the loss of those poor cats. We see another side of what people claim aliens are like. The more evil side, a side that I don't think any of us want to be true. Our next story was posted by K.M. Purvey, and it's also an alien story. This one is a little less evil, but nonetheless frightening. I'm going to write this on behalf of my mother, who passed away a year ago and saw and heard many things that the average person wouldn't believe. To start, I live on a farm in a house that was built in the early 1900s. To date, four people have passed away in the house or near the house. My great-great-grandmother died in a rocking chair. My great-great-grandpa was riding in a wagon down our driveway when his team of horses got spooked and he flew off and broke his neck. A hired man's wife fell down our stairs while she was pregnant and hemorrhaged and died, and my aunt died in my old bedroom at age two. Over the years, my mother and brother have experienced many different spooky things on our property. In the early 1880s, they both heard footsteps walking up and down our upstairs hallway in the middle of the night. My brother was alone once, and he was outside doing farm chores in the dark. He was maybe 500 feet from the house. He had the urge to look over, and every single light in the house was on. My mom has heard people whispering her name. She's heard creaking noises in the house and sounds as if something had fallen. Big crashes. My father has been oblivious to everything and has never heard of any of it. In 2004, my mom went outside to fill our wood stove at about 10 p.m. On her way back to the house, she got the feeling that she was being watched. As she turned to look to her right, she saw this very skinny gray being standing below our house, staring over its shoulder at her. She got this intense feeling that it wanted her to see it. After a few seconds, it bolted away from the house. She was so freaked out that she sprinted into our house and locked the doors, collapsed on the floor in hysterics. For years, she'd never tell anyone the story. This was a particularly interesting experience, as in the late 1960s, our neighbor just over the hill had gray aliens walk into his barn and actually talk to him. It was investigated by some big-shot UFO investigator out of Chicago, too. I personally had never heard or seen anything in our house until recently. Over the years, friends have come over and saw shadow people in our house, or hear the pitter-patter of a small dog feet on the floor upstairs. As I said earlier, my mother passed away a year ago, and we have her urn sitting on a table downstairs just below my bedroom. For about three months every night, I was in the home alone. My dad is a trucker, so he's gone for a week at a time, with a five-day break in between. I would hear this pounding noise every 30 seconds coming from somewhere in the walls as I tried to fall asleep. I've heard crashing noises, and my dog has perked its ears up because of them. A lot of people are too freaked out to stay overnight at my house without my dad being there. And I'm starting to get that way, too. I mean, how many more people could have seen these greys? It feels like the entire town saw their visits, and maybe that was for some reason that we don't know, and may never know. It seems like maybe they have a safe haven near this property, and that's why they are seen so often. Or 
Maybe that's what they want them to think. Let's get back to a famous cryptid. You know, the big furry dude or dudette. This was posted by Crimson Eagle 1. I was hiking up in the Cascades in Oregon. I was in a more remote area of the range. On the sixth or seventh day on the trail, the hair on the back of my neck started standing up. I chalked it up to being a mountain lion in the area. But the weird thing was, the uneasy feeling never left. That night is when I heard the howling. It wasn't wolves or bears or any other animal I had ever heard. The closest thing I could relate it to is the noises apes and monkeys make. This persisted for the next few nights. Eventually things started rummaging through my campsite. Naturally, I assumed it was a bear or raccoons. But then on the 11th day, I woke up and my food bag was removed from the tree. Something had cut the line through. All my food was gone. I decided to keep pushing. I had four days left till the end of the trail. I'm familiar with what I can and can't eat in the area and could always fish for food. The same nightly activities occurred, and on the 13th night, something started throwing rocks at my tent. For some reason, I lost it. I screamed into the darkness for whatever it was to leave me alone, hoping it was just some person fucking with me, and maybe they'd scream out, sorry mate, or something. Instead, it grew quiet for the first time in nights. Nothing could be heard. Then, a scream louder and more vicious than any other night cut through the night. Then nothing. Complete and utter silence again. Despite it being quiet, I wasn't able to sleep that night. I just waited. The next day I continued my hike, dead tired, just wanting to get out. The hair on the back of my neck still standing, the forest still quiet. I felt like I was being hunted. Towards the end of the day, I had sat down to rest before pushing a few more miles. When I saw it, something tall and large, bigger than any man or animal I had seen, sliding through the forest, not making a sound, I yelled at it. It turned to look at me. I never got a good look at it through the trees and the brush, and it was dark, but I knew that whatever it was, it was causing this. I threw a rock at it and then pulled my knife. This thing just kept staring at me. I don't know what kicked in, but I no longer felt scared. I felt angry and I ran at the thing. It ran for me and I chased it in the woods. It had long strides and easily outpaced me, but I continued the chase. After several minutes, I gave up and collapsed exhaustion. I rested for a bit before backtracking my way back to my backpack and resting area. I was tired and made camp there. Another night of silence when I woke up the next day and had about 10 miles till I was out. Exhausted, hungry, mentally drained, I made my way out. As I got closer and closer to the end of the trail, the typical forest noises returned. Birds, bugs, mice running through the undergrowth. All these noises slowly returned. I no longer had this feeling of unease. I got to trail's end, sat in my car, and cried. To this day, I still pass it off as someone just fucking with me, but the way that that thing moved in the forest, I just don't know. I told a park ranger about it, and he jokingly said they have a bunch of Bigfoot sightings in the area. 
but most likely it was a local fucking with me, or my own imagination. I do a lot of long hikes, but that 15 day was by far the worst. Don't you just love a Bigfoot sighting? I mean, we've got primate noises, rocks being thrown, and then a scream that silenced the forest. These are all the signs that have been connected with these creatures. I'm just glad that this person was able to get out of the forest safely and in one piece. Okay, this last one is creepy and something we haven't talked about since the early days of the podcast. So, sit back and be prepared to be scared with our last story. About seven years ago in the Sierra Vista, a little city in Arizona about 15 minutes from the Mexican border, misfortune had hit hard and I had been homeless for about six months at that point. So the usual schedule for me was to be awake until sunrise. The nights were cold and staying moving kept me warm and the first rays of sunlight were so warm that I was able to sleep. I would only sleep for a little bit before I was back up and hitting a local charity for lunch. Catnap through dinner, wake up as the sun goes down and wander through the desert to stay warm until sunrise. I run you through my schedule so that you know this thing happened during my normal operating hours while I was fully awake. It's not possible that I was dreaming and not likely to be my imagination. So. I had two routes during the day. I would be in town so I would be unarmed, but I had a straight edge sword back in my burrow that I had bought when I had a job in a car and a house. During the night I wandered the desert and would often be exploring far enough out that I could no longer even see the lights in town. So I would wear my sword sheathed on my back, a just in case measure and I'd really only ever used it to carve up yucca stalks for the roof of my burrow. Okay, setup complete. Here's what I saw. I'm walking along, following the edge of a small wash, twirling a stick I found. I'd walk for about an hour to get there, so I was probably a good five or so miles from any human on the planet. I hear a thump, thump from up ahead, but there's some scruffy bushes ahead, so I can't see anything. Not wanting to sneak up on something dangerous like a mother javelina or a bear, I take my stick and smack the nearest tree a couple times. Something stops, and about 30 feet ahead of me, I see a head poke up from behind a bush. A head I'd seen before? Kinda. It had big eyes and tuft bits on it, and it was basically set up like any other primate face, but it also looked almost reptilian. So I did what any normal person would do and grabbed my sword handle and yanked it. Well, it doesn't really work like that. I yanked it forward and accidentally broke the strap that kept the sheath on my back. So here I am brandishing a sheathed sword at a lizard monkey five miles from nowhere and it stands up to a full height of four feet and Usain bolts itself away from me with this ostrich person gate that was more awkward to watch than it was scary. This was posted by at Fioc, and I mean, what? I, I don't even know what to make of it, but all I know is that it kind of sounds cute and maybe a new fan favorite. 
if anyone else sees it. I hope that this year brings you good fortune and maybe even a cryptid sighting or two. But in the meantime, so what do you think? Are cryptids really out there? We are on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, so make sure to follow us and tell us all of your thoughts on the cryptids we cover and what you'd like to hear next. It would mean a lot to us if you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It's a great way for others to find the podcast and enjoy, just like you. One month from today, I will be covering a cryptid that has been caught on camera many times. A blacker-than-black spirit that can cause the overwhelming feeling of dread just with one look. Shadow people. See you next month. This episode was written and hosted by me, Josh, with logo design by Jason Sykes and theme music from purpleplanet.com.